0: Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. Today is Friday, January 25th. This is episode number 700 and 19. And I am thrilled today. It's Meet My Friend Friday. And I am thrilled today to have a friend of mine back on the podcast. Leslie Nunnery is here with me today. Leslie has become a dear friend of mine. She and her husband, David, started the Teach Them Diligently conference many years ago. And I have been privileged to speak for them now several times. And she has written a book called uh, Teach Them Diligently. Surprise, surprise. And she has a passion to encourage you to raise your children to to love and serve and follow the Lord. So if you're feeling discouraged about what's happening in the culture right now, and you're wondering if all this energy that you're putting into your children is going to produce the result that you're praying for, stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, so before I get started with my friend Leslie, a couple things I wanna let you guys know about. First of all, I'm gonna be in Coos Bay, Oregon tomorrow. I will be speaking there for the Heidi St. John Conference. This year's theme is Miracle Worker, the life-changing power of following Jesus. And we're gonna be talking about what it looks like, not just to say you're a Christian, but to actually walk in right relationship with God and experience the blessing that he has for you. After that, I'll be speaking in February for Good Shepherd Community Church for their women's event. And then in March, for goodness sake, I'm gone almost every weekend. First weekend in March, Florida, Mom Strong, So come on out, I'll be in Lakeland. If you want more information about where I will be, including Teach Them Diligence. Uh, you can check it out at HeidiStDawn.com forward slash events. All right, without further ado, I want to introduce my friend Leslie to you guys are going to Love her. She is the co-founder of the Teach Them Diligently Convention along with her husband, my friend David. She is a homeschool mom of four children, and she recently graduated one of them. And uh, God has given her a burden to minister to Christian families through offering support and encouragement in the area of discipleship of children in particular. And so Leslie Nunnery, welcome to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much, Heidi. It's good to be here. So, am I right? You did just graduate your first, uh, your first official homeschool graduate, right?
1: I did. He graduated in May. He did a semester of college, and now he's actually traveling on a ministry team this semester,
0: um, which is a great joy. That is awesome. And is was it sort of bittersweet for you that first one? Oh I, I was just kind of amazed. It worked. Hooray!
1: You worked. <laughs> so, so yeah, I I actually kind of dreaded it for like a year beforehand. But yep. the Lord gives such grace for the hour. My mom always said that. But as we got to each of those last, the last basketball game, the last this, the last that, it was really such a joy to see him ready to sprout his wings and fly that the sadness that I felt was just morphed by that. And um, Mm -hmm. I've told my mom so many times that she was right in that because God truly does give you grace for the hour, but it's when we borrow trouble and worry about things that are yet to come that really gets us
0: down. Mm -hmm. I talked to a mom uh, a couple of weekends ago And she was saying that she, you know, she's got young children. I think her oldest child is eight. And she was listening to me talking about my kids graduating and getting married and, you know, basically pursuing their God-given talents into areas where the Lord would have them serve. And she said, oh, I just, she's getting big tears in her eyes "said I just cannot imagine Mm. my, you know, my kids ever leaving. And I said, you know, that's because you're not there yet. And the grace will follow you. The grace follows you because we're raising our children to be men and women, not little children. And that's what God has. And it really is a joy. It is a bittersweetness, right? Because oh, yeah. there there are times when we you know, we remember and, and go, oh, man, we can pine away. But I think that's part of the reason why the Apostle Paul said, hey, for, forget looking back all the time and look forward because good things are coming. You really have a message in your book, uh, Teach Them Diligently. You really have a message of hope uh, for parents. And I talk to parents just like this mom I was talking to. They're so discouraged by what they see. Happening in the culture. We feel, I think, culture worn is maybe a good mm. term. Um, it's so frustrating to see what's happening in the news more and more. I think uh, every day, I'm just like, really? Why do we even watch the news? Because you can't trust anything that That's is true. said on there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's easy for parents to feel overwhelmed and discouraged. And when you and I were talking a few minutes ago off the air, you were just saying you think that the gospel offers parents hope. Why? Why do you think that we can say to parents, listen, you can have hope?
1: Oh, there's, you know, God, we we joke all the time about the fact that there is no handbook for parenting, that the, you know, these kids don't come with instructions and all this stuff. And the fact is they do. God's word tells us that he's given us everything that we need for life and godliness. And that includes how to raise our children. There's so much instruction in his word that give us really step by step by step how to parent and disciple and and raise our children so that we should be able to see them growing up and walking alongside of us in the the love and the fear of the Lord because we're passing on that faith in a very natural way and that's really the beauty of discipleship and 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 practicing discipleship focused parenting as as you're growing closer to the lord you're naturally going to bring your children along with you and so that uh, you know at some point you're going to look and say i have no greater joy than to know that my children are walking with the lord and as my kids have gotten older that that has really become sweeter because i'm seeing them make choices that show that they are um so yes mm-hmm. there is tremendous hope in in the gospel there's tremendous hope in just doing things god's way um i i I really my prayer is that people will see these statistics of of kids turning away from the church that that will that will come to the day where that's the exception and not the rule. I think we're starting to accept that as the rule, and it just shouldn't be that's not God's plan.
0: No, it really isn't. When you talk about discipleship, I'm thinking of the parents who are listening to this right now. And we talk about a lifestyle of discipleship and kind of, you know, that, that out of Deuteronomy, right? When we, when we walk along the road, when we lie down, what does that look? What has that looked like for your family all these years with your children?
1: I, I honestly hadn't thought a whole lot about it until I was given the opportunity to write this book. Uh, even though we started events several years ago that were was called "Teach Them Diligently" for this very purpose, but but as I looked back and I was I was praying and I was researching and and you know s- searching God's Word for for how to write this book, I realized that so many things that that we just did naturally, just because we were seeking God's face and praying day in and day out. The conversations that happen in the car, the the conversations that happen while we're doing dishes or going grocery shopping, the way that David and I are able to model for our children faith or trust or hope or, you know, the way that you navigate through difficult times, the way you keep your eyes on the Lord when when things are coming at you, all of those things are very natural ways to pass on this faith, to teach them diligently as you walk and as you talk. And, you know, there's no science to it. It's just being real and honest and growing right alongside with your children. Um, But also there's a humility in it because as you're growing, you're going to stumble. And I think a lot of the times the Lord uses our apologies, our humility, our acknowledgement of our failures to, to give our children some of the biggest lessons that they'll get with all that we do. Yeah,
0: and it's a, it's a challenge I think every day because we've got our kids. I don't know if your kids are like my kids, but my kids will sometimes drive me to the absolute brink. <laughs> where there are, there are things. Sometimes I've said things to my kids. I'm like I can actually not believe I said mm-hmm. that out loud. <laughs> like you yeah. know, and I there's power in going back to your children and just saying, "Listen, I'm so sorry. Mm. I blew it. You frustrated me, but I handled it badly," and. I'm always telling parents, you know, your kids are actually pretty resilient as long as they see that your heart is to train them in the ways of the Lord. And the first thing we do is we gotta we gotta tune our heart mm-hmm. to hear him. Yeah?
1: Absolutely. And and one of the really neat offshoots of being willing to go to them and say, I screwed up, is they are much more likely to do likewise as they grow up. Instead of developing a rebellion or a, a spirit where you know they're never wrong, or they can't be questioned, or whatever this this hard edge that so many teenagers and older, uh, you know, young adults get. You know, if you've modeled for them all this time a humility and a willingness to to kind of fall on the sword, um, that that's going to be much more natural to them as well.
0: Yeah, and I think real what you're doing along, you know, maybe not even uh, knowingly, is we're really modeling that humility that we're going to need our entire lives. Yes you know, uh, because we always are, I mean, if, if our kids, if our kids are fighting with each other, which my kids sometimes do, (laughs) uh, I will always tell them, listen, if you guys can get along in this moment, if you can figure this out, then your skills, your life skills are going to be far ahead of a lot of your peers, because this living with family and right relationship and coming back and asking for forgiveness and all those things, it's powerful. Mm -hmm. It really
1: is. We, um, Yeah. I mean, just like you were alluding to there, they, the lessons that they learn within a home, you know, four teenagers sharing a bathroom and other, other things that are, are tight. They're, they're, they make them stretch. They make them have to think of others above themselves really do train them to be much better adults. They train them to, to be much more prepared to walk as a grown up. And that's a great thing.
0: Yeah. And you said something a few minutes ago that I thought was so powerful that I I wrote it down and you were talking about the hope that parents can have when we do what God says to do. I was telling a group, I just got done speaking uh, south of Dallas in Abilene, mm. and I was talking to them about the importance of following God's word because his instructions are there for our protection. And that's really what we're teaching our children. And that really is the hope. And so if a mom comes up to you and she's frustrated because A, let's say, let's say her kids are ten or twelve or fifteen and she hasn't done the work of discipling them mm-hmm. or she hasn't understood how important it was. And so it sort of got pushed to the back burner. And now she feels discouraged because she's like, you know what? It's it's too late. What do you say to that mom? Well,
1: you know, as I was as I was studying, um the, the, the verse that we all love to go back to, train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old he's not gonna depart from it that train of a child, one of the things that it means is kind of planting stakes in the ground and directing the growth of that child. And so, you know, the obvious thing that we look at is, okay, set those stakes early, you know, get those children growing the right way. Mm -hmm. But I I did some research because I knew that was going to be a question. And, you know, with pruning, with proper tending, even an older plant that has fallen over and isn't growing in the right direction can be redirected. It's going to take a little bit more friction. You do have to cut off some stuff that's there that shouldn't be. It will take, you know, you're, you're going to have to get on it for sure. And, but both of you all can grow together in that way because you're going to have to come to them and, and let them know that you kind of dropped the ball, that this wasn't as important to you. And now let's, let's start seeking Jesus together. And that too is a powerful thing for a young person to see. Um, but it's very Absolutely. hopeful. You know, God's grace is sufficient and there is nothing outside of his power. Um, so just take, take great hope and peace in that, that he is able to, to transform a person. You know, David didn't come to know the Lord until he was 24 years old. And he is one of the most passionate followers of Christ I've ever met. So coming to know the Lord as a four year old, like I did, or a 24 year old, it's the same Jesus that we're coming to know. And that is a wonderful, blessed, hopeful thing.
0: Mm, I love that because I know that there I know that there are so many things that parents are facing right now. Not the least of which is the internet. I had mm. Kirk Cameron on here a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about how to navigate all these things that are coming at our kids, and frankly, they're coming at us too. Absolutely. And as the conversation progressed, I was thinking about the lordship in my own life. You know, what does it mean? to have Jesus be the Lord of my life, not just an accessory to my life. So I don't put him on when I go to church, you know, like a like a beautiful mm-hmm. uh, handbag or, you know, dust my Bible off the shelf, but actually have him be the Lord of my life. And what I've noticed is my children now, three of them in their 20s and one getting ready to graduate high school. Um, as I'm noticing my children now in their own walks with the Lord, it is even, it is just as important now that I walk with the Lord because they're watching mm-hmm. me. And so what I'm always telling moms, listen, if you want your kids to have a vibrant prayer life, let them see you on your knees in prayer. Has that been something you've experienced as you've been uh, raising your own children? Oh, yeah. You know, Again, you look back and you see such grace because I didn't plan a lot of
1: the things that I did with a strategy in mind. It was just a step-by-step following, (laughs) and God is just good like that. But when my kids were very small— I started every morning when we would come together for breakfast or whatever. I would tell them what I learned in my devotions that morning, and I would just share you know what I was praying about or whatever David was generally off if he was home, he would share as well um, and and that has continued now though our morning times are incredibly long a lot because the kids are sharing with me what they're learning because their appetite was wet from very, very early age that Christians get up in the morning and they study God's Word. They spend time together with Him in prayer. and um, you know that was just something that was modeled simply because I wanted to to share with them what God was teaching me, and it has taken root, and now to have them share that with me is just a glorious and wonderful thing. Um, but again, it wasn't something that was planned that I could talk about one day. It was just something that was a very natural overflow of my own growth. I wanted to share it with them.
0: Yeah, and honestly that's Christians should be known for that, right? I think in the culture right now we make a lot of excuses mm-hmm. for our lack of being in the word, right? We we're too busy, we don't have enough time. And I like I just told the women in Dallas a few days ago, listen, we do have right. time. It's not a question of not having time, it's a question of prioritizing how we spend that time and and reading uh with your children in the morning you can't, uh, there's no substitute for that. There's no substitute for getting into the Bible. And I think sometimes what that means now, if, if the, the moms who are listening, who have the little tiny babies, just close your ears because I'm not even talking to you. <laughs> but for the rest of us who are getting a decent night's sleep, or if we're not, it's our own fault, not a baby's fault. Uh, listen up. There's there's a whole lot of evidence in the Bible to suggest that meeting with God in the morning is the best time to meet mm-hmm. with him, to give him our day. Leslie, what do you say? Let's talk practical terms for the for the next okay. few minutes that we have here. Um, what? Give me some ideas ab- that a mom who's listening to this right now, and she's trying to figure out how do I incorporate this discipleship, this this study of God's word, this prayer time, how do I incorporate that when I've got little kids in my house? So let's talk to her first, and then we'll kind of move Move along the age spectrum a little bit. Okay.
1: Well, the first thing you have to set the habit personally. It's it it has to be a priority. You have to recognize if you haven't been doing it that it's going to be hiccupy, just like any you know. When I give up sugar and then I take it back, and all of these habits, you have to build on. (laughs) So if you set a priority that this is something that you want to build in yourself, then that needs to be your first step, and then you're going to have to just kind of start organizing your day to accomplish that. When my children were very little, now they were, I was very blessed. None of my kids were like those crazy early early risers that I I heard about and felt so sorry for their moms. I mean, they were up by like (laughs) seven, but I'm not talking 530. So I would just make sure that, you know, come what may, I was up at least 30 minutes or so before they were. And my time with God was was shorter at that point because there were more hands-on needs that I had to meet. But God was faithful to work in me, even when my time was shorter. Um, And and as they grow, you know, you've got nap times that you can take advantage of. You've got times to let them just play in your room. They need to learn that when mama is reading her Bible and having her quiet time, that 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 is a sacred time. And even a little one can understand that. And, And that can really set in them an understanding of, you know, that which is holy is holy and, and you approach things in a different way. Um, so my children would often be around me if they got up early um, while I was finishing my devotions. I'm a, I've always been a big journaler. So I would write and I can look back and I see scribbles in my, in my journals from when they were small, cause they wanted to write just like mommy, but they were hmm. watching, they were, they were modeling me even then. And, and yeah. so you, but again, it just starts with actually prioritizing and building that habit, first of all.
0: Right, because you can't pass on what you don't possess. Exactly, and so if we want our children to possess that, we need to possess it first and be able and be able to model it. I know that uh, my husband, some of his very earliest memories of his mother, uh, when he was very little, are of her sitting in their window, studying her Bible, mm-hmm. and she was up before her kids every day for that reason. And I think we can make all manner of excuses. Why we can't get out of bed? Why it's so hard? And I'm always telling women, listen, a few minutes in the Word of God every day, it will change your life. It will change your life, and it will change the trajectory of your family. It will,
1: and it makes you hungry for more. You find, you know, you may be at a place in your life where you look at it and you think, I couldn't possibly spend ten minutes in the Word and prayer. But as you get deeper in, you find, you know, now I'm like, I can't possibly spend an hour. I need more. Um, you know, God, right. you just get so hungry for that that, um, that it really does grow in you. You know, David and I heard years ago, and it's a, a pastor saying it wasn't a main part of his message, but it was the main thing God had for us. He said, you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. And that has been such mm-hmm. a driving force in our family and in our ministries to teach them diligently in the books and that kind of thing. Just that I, if I am going to reproduce people who love Jesus, then I would better be that person myself. Um, because I am ultimately going to reproduce who I am. Um, so that's yeah. that's just a really powerful reminder for all of us.
0: Yep, it really is. And you've got a really awesome platform to help other parents uh, raise their children to walk with the Lord Jesus. And you, you and your husband, obviously, the founders of the Teach Them Diligently convention. But something I want to point out that I saw very early on that I really appreciate about Teach Them Diligently is that the focus, even though we're talking primarily to homeschool families, the focus is not Primarily homeschooling. Mm-hmm. It's primarily how to uh, disciple your children, how to get your own house in order, and walk with the Lord, so that your children ultimately will pick up that mantle and, and walk with the Lord themselves and train their own children. Uh, and you guys have been doing this how many years now? Has Teach Them been around? It's a few. The first
1: one was in twenty twelve. So it's been so it's,
0: a while. <laughs> so it's been a while, and you're all over the United States. Where will you be this year? We have. We will be in Arkansas.
1: Uh, Rogers, Arkansas; Nashville, Tennessee; Mobile, Alabama; Atlanta, Georgia; Waco, Texas; Denver, Colorado; and Columbus, Ohio.
0: Woo! Are you tired I, yet? I am. I yes, yes, I
1: am. <laughs> I'm doing schedules right now, so I'm I'm tired and frazzled.
0: Yeah. Tired and frazzled. And I'm, and I'm telling you, uh, and I'm going to be at most of those, a couple of them I couldn't make it to, uh, because I had previous engagements, but I'll be at almost all of the teach mm-hmm. them diligently conferences this year. And if people want to find out more about that, I'm telling you, uh, for those of you who are listening, if you just heard a city mentioned that's near you now is a great time to register for the convention. And how do they find you? Leslie, is it just teach them diligently.com? Well, it's teach them diligently.net. Um,
1: so we're, we're net, there's an Australian company squatting on the calm. Um, no, no. So, <laughs> so teach and you'll get more information, uh, on the events and discipleship. And there's, there's a blog and video platform, all
0: kinds of resources for your family. Awesome. If you guys want more information about Leslie Nunnery's ministry to mothers, you can find her at teachemdiligently.net. Also, I will link back to all things Leslie Nunnery in the show notes today. Leslie, thank you so much for coming on the show and encouraging parents to train up their children in the ways of the Lord. It's sure been a blessing to me. Thank you. I can't wait to see you soon. I know, it's coming right up. All right, you guys, for more information about that conference, I'll link back to the show notes today. And she's not actually kidding. I am going to be at the Teach Them Diligently conference coming up in March. The very first one I'll be at is the Rogers, Arkansas event. And so uh coming out and say hello. The week after that, I'll be in Nashville, Tennessee. yeah Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you have a fantastic weekend, and I will see you back here on Monday.